Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Ask the Industry podcast, episode one hundred and twenty-nine. I'm comedian Simon Kane, and for those of you new to the show, this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the worlds of stand-up, comedy, radio, and today, comedy journalism. Mark Boozy is the founder of the British Comedy Guide, a database of all comedians, TV shows, sitcoms, industry news, and more. The website is amazingly useful, and I put it up there with Chortle and Beyond the Joke as one of the most useful websites for any comedian trying to make it in this industry. It's great for learning about about what's going on in the industry as well as the opportunities through their new tool known as British Comedy Guide Pro. It's basically a paywall system. I have an account and I do a lot of research on guests through their database. I think it's also great for finding writing opportunities as well as comedy competitions that you might want to enter. If you want to sign up to it and you use the code ATI, you can save £5 of your first year's membership. If you use that code, I also get a couple of quid full disclosure and that money goes straight back into production you save money i get money comedy journalism gets money to keep going we cover that in the podcast let's dive into the episode where we talk about the state of comedy journalism the future of the coverage for new acts his relationship with the edinburgh fringe and so much more if you're new here please don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you're old here please do remember to give us an honest ideally positive review in itunes and either way please do join the facebook group which is called ask the industry podcast and it's on facebook obviously but for now, this is Mark Boozy. Uh, so, British Comedy Guide started, I've forgotten the year, that's how long ago now. Uh, it was a hobby, I started it, it's called British Sitcom Guide um, at university, just to learn how to program, because I'm from a web development background. And then very quickly, some other very passionate comedy fans got involved, uh, primarily uh, Aaron Brown and Ian Wolfe, and we've worked together over the years uh, to change it from British sitcom guide into British comedy guide when we realized there was other areas of sort of comedy we wanted to cover like panel shows and live comedy etc and it has just grown and grown and grown um i still think it's sort of a hobby but it's one that's completely and utterly out of control <laughs> so it is your job now it i mean if you look to uh, uh, my bank account <laughs> it would be I'd be better working at Sainsbury's than than this, but it um, just about covers its costs. Okay, so it was a, so it was basically a school project, or it was just a fun project it, to code. Yeah, so it was just a hobby. Okay, I, I wanted to practice like a total nerd in my own time, right. uh, how to program certain things, and why do that uh, for nothing when you could, for example, I think the first pages were Forty Towers and Blackadder. Mm. You know, why why not program? Um, with basil and stuff so uh yeah but i, I should emphasize very quickly uh, other people came and helped me so um particularly what you can see nowadays uh, a lot of that code is is aaron not myself um because uh, he's much better at making things look good and work well okay so that's that's phase one of and you you can't remember the date that, that was. uh no i mean so i mean university oof, uh annoying pause for edit here while i work <laughs> it out <laughs> Um, that'd be about 2005 I think 2004 maybe sometime around then it's yeah. annoying there's not a nice birthday for it because then yeah. you have a party or something but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, no, I'm only trying to put a date on it so we can think about where the internet was at when you started and where other web, where, where there were I mean Chortle I think has been around for longer than that yes yeah, if, I'm, so, if I'm correct uh, Chortle uh, has been around for longer and 
it was early days for the web though it was mm. everything was sort of quite clunky um <laughs> we, we just got over i think the spinning email me type gif oh, thing yeah, so yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. quite that old but um it was definitely clunky early days of the internet um but also exciting times but but it, it's amazing how much things have changed because i remember us getting sent our first video clip um and it was a new world and like how how do you and it was real play and people and video physicists would have to download it to their computer and then get the player to play it um so it goes to show how things have moved on because now video is one of the primary things people look at rather mm. than read so things change yeah so so where was your place in that hierarchy of publications at that point were you were you trying to be the uh, next Chaucer at some point or were you you know, because if that was the established player, what was the... Yeah, no, absolutely. So the first... Oof, um, this is why it's sort of a weird orange time. The first uh, several years were just mucking around. Right. There was no, it was just, okay, quite like this show. Let's write some pages on it. There was no attempt at any kind of... didn't even matter if people didn't really read, to be honest. It was just doing it for the fun of it. Although people started to read it, and then people started to request information on other shows... And then we started having a few successes. I remember Green Wing, the Channel 4 comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, we wrote some stuff about that. And that was a show that got quite a quick cult following. Mm -hmm. And there was no information online about it. So we, for the first time, started chatting to Channel 4. And started to realise, oh, you can chat to the channels. Mm -hmm. And they'll give you content and information and advanced details. So that's sort of how that started to build up. And it's and it's just started snowballing. But snowballing. Although I'd say it's in the last probably five years we've taken things pretty sort of uh, intensely and seriously and tried to really grow the site um, in a serious way. Is that, I mean, uh, uh, we briefly touched on it before we started recording, like so Time Out, for example, in London has stopped recovering. I think it's nationally, but I know in London they don't cover comedy. And I wonder whether you saw that as an opportunity to move forward. I know you've been for British Comedy Pro, for example. How, how we, we joke about it behind the scenes, but how long were you working on that? And it was... Yeah, so I'm genuinely gutted that that uh, timeout mm. has stopped. And um, my my view is is not enough. It's it's perhaps a weird view to hear, but you'd think the less publications there are, the better for another publisher. But actually, I think there's not enough now. You mm. know, we it's lovely to hear other people's views on things, get different takes on things, and we're down to you know just a handful of online sites. And and uh, as I'm, we're at the fringe at the moment, um, and obviously the chat is very much about how there's very little coverage from broadsheets it's disappointing so i yeah um it's a real shame they've gone i don't think we could quite you know we're not a magazine so yeah absolutely so they uh, time out would get in the hands of people that wouldn't cover wouldn't be normally look at comedy Some, something like british comedy guide is visited by people that tend to know comedy already whereas time out would be put in the hands of people that may have never even been to a comedy club before and i think that was is a lovely way of reminding people hey comedy exists head to your local club and why not see some for the first time mm. and, and that's also i think why it's a real shame in terms of the broadsheets you know um it, it it's trying to get people that aren't really don't really have comedy on their radar particularly get it on their radar for the first time um british comedy guide meanwhile exists for people that already know comedy i guess i mean we do definitely get people that, that don't know comedy googling something and finding out about it but you know the, the majority of visitors are, are, are aware of what comedy is already and trying to find the next thing within comedy rather than being complete um sort of uh, outside of it entirely in your so like in your google analytics and in your uh, research of what people are looking for do you, do you find it's more because for example i i personally think most people who read chortle are us like the industry you know like we i think that's largely their their base so i'm wondering whether there is a core group of nerds to you know comedy nerds to, to in a nice way i'm saying that um who are looking for actual coverage of stuff in a way that isn't um you know oh you should email this person because there's an opportunity here or um all, all the you know what I mean? like what where, where do you tread that line especially with your new with british comedy guide and the, and the, and the move forward to kind of try and get a, a pay subscription for a performance yeah so um I, I don't know about other sites particularly they need to see their own analytics but um yeah we, we um we get five hundred thousand people a month visit the site um, obviously within that there's going to be a core group of people that visit every day as mm -hmm. analytics shows and I guess we identify those as the 
comedy and i use this word genuinely in a nice way because i'm one the comedy nerds I'm um, one as well, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people that, you know, yeah. you, you have to know what's going on next, who this is, what's going on. Mm. Um, so there's that group. And then there is the bigger, more casual group of people that might be watching uh, a show on TV and want to know more about who's in that show and who wrote it. Mm-hmm. And then if we're lucky and um, they will hang around and then go and click on, look at the online videos or something. So I would say where we fit within the thing is we're quite broad. You know, mm. we... But but as we might touch upon later, we've we've launched something called BCG Pro, which is uh, very much industry focused, and it's a separate section of the site with its own look, and that is very much for people that work or want to work within comedy. Um, and there we can get much more nerdy and and put details in we wouldn't normally put in a story for the general public. So, if for example there's a new competition the general public story would have information on where to see that competition, mm-hmm. who's involved. BCG Pro would have uh, information on how to get involved and tips for progressing through the competition. Totally, yeah. And and as you said, there's not. I personally believe there's not enough coverage in comedy as well, but then I think I'm at a level where... I mean, I'm in a weird place where I'm not sort of the starting out person because it's got to be a cut-off point. You can't cover everyone, you know. So, so a, I'm wondering where your personal cut-off point is, where you wouldn't have like a profile for a certain performer, and and b, how you ma- mediate not just covering the big TV names and actually sort of offer back to, to I'm going to put myself in it, but like middling people who are kind of moving up but aren't 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 clickbait heavy, you know, like uh, titles for for. I'm, I'm not going to get you as much traffic as, say, Ramesh Ranganathan, for example. So how, how do you mediate covering someone like me or someone at my level versus a famous person that would clearly get you more traffic? So this is why um, listeners can't see this. This is why I'm looking knackered, because <laughs> our, our aim is to... He does look tired. <laughs> <He does it. laughs> our aim is to cover everyone. And I, I'd urge people that are listening, uh, go to comedy.co.uk, find the people tab, type in your name, and hopefully we've got a page on you. Obviously, the aim is to have a page on every single person, even if you've only done one open mic night. We're not always going to know about people at first, but hopefully we get the name in the database via a competition or something. But then, obviously, someone like Ramesh, who is on TV every night of the week, we're just naturally going to get more photos and more interviews, Mm -hmm. links and more things related to him. So his page is going to look more busier than someone uh, that's that's just started out on the open mic circuit. I'm honestly not don't want to make this whole um, podcast a plug, but BCG Pro would allow you to jazz your page up with a with a number of other sort of uh, information as well. Mm. But we wouldn't also naturally just try as much as we can to to load details in. It, it is tough though. I mean, at, at this um, comedy festival here in Edinburgh alone, there's something like one thousand five hundred plus comedy performers. Even if I gave every one of those a single minute of my day to try and update their page, I'm that's clearly you know loads and loads of work so your relationship with the comedy circuit and going to see things like obviously you work very hard and you and you spend a lot of time on the website which obviously can be done at any time of the day but you don't want it to be spread out over you know 24 hours so how often do you actually get out and see comedy like what's your relationship with the circuit like i know you've like judged a few a few competitions and things like that before like are those good for you are they better than going to see comedy nights and what's your favorite comedy night um, I, I, I don't see as much as I want, but I think that's the answer that everyone would yep. ever say. If you're a comedy fan, you should be wanting to be out every single night of the week. Mm. I think Edinburgh is obviously a lovely time. I can I can see lots of shows here. On, on a sort of um, week in January, I may only get to two or three a month. Um, I don't live in London, so I live I live in the south. Um, so it requires travel to get to any club, but I'll still um, try and see as much as I can. Obviously, in terms of knowledge building, mixed bill shows with multiple acts are better for just getting to learn who people are and what their style is. But that said, you know, as a comedy fan, I do like, I'm not going to say an hour, I'm going to say 50 minute long, yeah. <laughs> a 50 minute long show, um, uh, because that you really get, you know, you can, uh, I'm, I'm speaking to someone that does them, you know, you, you, you get to do that longer form stuff and, and do callbacks and things that a, a short club set wouldn't allow you to do. Yeah, that's in, that's interesting. So, because because okay, so so your your preferred medium of watching someone is a longer form thing, or yeah, I think so. Though realistically, so the last couple of days here in Edinburgh, I have gone to lots of mixed bill stuff just because I can get knowledge on four 
people mm -hmm. within the space of an hour um and then you know then I, obviously i'll aim to try and see the longer show at some point but it's a quick way of getting okay that's that person mm -hmm. that's what they sound like that's kind of their stage persona that's their style of comedy that's the sort of topic they're talking about right okay yeah no because I, I i i've spoken to a few other judges or previous judges on this podcast and a lot of them are like actually it's quite nice just to see a snippet and and just sort of get a vibe from them and then maybe i'll look them up later but but you don't have time to go and see everything so it's interesting that you're i think the only one that said i i'd I like to see the 50 minute not hour uh, one and uh why, why you said specifically fit you, you made a point of saying 50 minutes i i, I think um aside from the fact you've got to get in and out and get to the next <laughs> thing but yeah it's just uh, it's very rare i mean everyone listens to this i'm sure has looked at their watch during a even quite a good performance mm. an hour to pay constant attention and laugh fully is tough i mean i'm sure you've, you spoke about the 40 minute lull on this mm -hmm. podcast loads you yeah know? Yeah, it it's it's a long time to spend with someone, however good they are. It's just speci especially in Edinburgh when it's a hot room and and whatever. So just yeah, fifty minutes feels nice. I'm equally not against a half hour show. They mm. don't they don't really happen, but um, you can still get a lot done in half an hour. Mm. So I like my venue as aircon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never have to worry about. It. I can have any time. I could wear a three piece suit, not even feel it. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, come, come along, see it. Yeah. We're here now. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is lovely and cool. I know. I'm, I'm not going to wear a three piece suit, <laughs> but it's genuinely crossed my mind. Um, no, that's that's that brings me on to uh, attention spans because obviously uh, online, in particular, people's attention span. I think it's I think it's interesting because I think there was a period of time where everyone was saying attention span online is going down, but I think. On videos, for example, if you've invested in a like a YouTuber, I mean, I'll, I just last night I watched a half an hour video from a YouTuber that I've been watching for a while, and I I, I was thinking about it. I was like, that's a TV program. That's that's like an actual length of time that I've sat with that person and sort of enjoyed their time. Do you find that like I mean, uh, do you have like the heat map thing on your site? Do you find that people are like scrolling just the information they want, or they're actually reading whole articles? Like, what's what's people's attention like on your site? Yeah, um, video is very interesting because I think the advice is changing in that it was absolutely, definitely, without a doubt, do not do over two minutes. Just don't do mm -hmm. it. The um, if, if any YouTubers are listening to this, I'm not sure everyone's aware of this, but your YouTube account has a retention graph. Mm -hmm. uh, go into your analytics and Google. You can see at what point people are dropping off your video. <laughs> it can be quite depressing to look at. Mm -hmm. But you know the, the graphs, and we looked at many of them, without fail would drop after one minute something um, that is if you kept them that long which mm. would you'd had to have a very strong opening gag to even get past the first five seconds but things are definitely changing as you allude to i think because devices are getting better mm -hmm. connections are getting better you know previously um four or five years ago most people would have been watching on a computer screen and sitting at your desk watching comedy is a bit different and weird now you know a, 50% if not more of internet traffic is mobile based mm -hmm. and tablet based so that you know that is people sitting on a bus for 10 minutes with great 4G why not watch something longer mm -hmm. or you know laying in bed whatever it's it, it's more comfortable to watch longer form stuff now at the same time quality has massively improved mm -hmm. uh, it's some amazing amazing stuff out there filmed beautifully and edited lovely uh, and really well scripted so not only is it easier to watch but i think people get more confidence like it's worth investing your time in this because mm. you know th this is going to be great that all said there's a lot to be said for still taking account some of the basics for example don't put lots of credits on the front of your video just mm. get straight in get your first gag there in three four seconds let people know it's funny and uh, and it's going to be worth them not skipping on to the next thing because you know, especially if you're on YouTube, you yeah. know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff on the right hand side that looks more enticing if you mm -hmm. don't keep people. I think still the, the of all the brilliant things that is going on, sound is still a bit of an issue. People are doing great scripted stuff and forgetting to make sure people can hear them. So you know, do invest in a boom mic or or similar. Yeah, totally. You you also so before we move on to BGT, BG, I was going to say BGT just because yeah. I emailed you before and I embarrassingly wrote BGT instead of it, you, BGT. It's, it's happening a lot. It's cool. We're yeah, okay yeah. with it. So, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so um, America's Got Talent. We, we were talking. <laughs> um, so um, we were talking before about 
British Comedy Guide Pro. But before we get into that, you also, previous to that, as like a revenue model, um, did adverts and like custom adverts and sponsorships. And I find it really interesting because like I bumped into someone literally last night and they were saying, I bought loads of posters because you can buy like posters around Edinburgh and like different zones for your posters. And they were like, I don't think they sell anything. I think they're just about awareness. I think it's literally there so that people remember it. And then when they look in the program to buy something, they're like, oh, I've seen that. They've clearly, he said, they've clearly got a budget, so they must be good because you don't just come to Edinburgh if you've got a fiver, you know. And I was a bit like, okay, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I've never thought you've got money, so you must be good at fu- like funny. But you know, so I'm wondering your ads. Obviously, I've seen on the on the page where you sell them. You know, it tells you how many hits you get and and that sort of stuff. Do you, do you think your ads actually sell tickets? Do you think they move that way? Are you tracking that, or is it purely about awareness? Yeah, the, the strapping listeners. I've got some opinions on this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now uh, posters are ridiculously expensive, and I'm going around taking some pictures of some that are facing walls and stuff. You yeah. know, <laughs> I, I I totally see there, there is sort of a point of them. Um, which um, and I know at least two comedians have said I have bought posters not for a single ticket sale, but because I want the industry to know I'm mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. So as a, as a, a profile building thing within the industry, or as a, let's be honest, as an ego thing for some people, yeah. posters can make sense. I'm almost certain they don't because they're just because how how expensive they are, they almost certainly do not translate to that many ticket sales. And how many there are? Like I think they just blend in. It, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many. Uh, that said, um, we run the comedy poster awards. I think the most striking of, fo- of posters. That was my next question about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, cool. Sorry. Let's talk yeah, about yeah, that in yeah. a minute. Then, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The most striking of posters can can make a difference. Um, but the your average poster of a white male comedian smiling at, at the audience, um, there's a, there's loads of them out there, and I think the industry noticed them. But to answer your actual question, you know, the great thing about the internet is it's all technology. You can track uh, clicks and the, the path through to ticket sales. You can mm-hmm. you can prove to advertisers this is working for you. Yeah. We're also a lot cheaper than posters just to get the plug in there. And I, by, I'm not just talking about my website. I'd like, to talk, I'd like to talk on behalf of all websites. You know, it, it doesn't cost the earth to, to advertise and we can deliver, you know, tens of thousands of eyeballs for quarter of a price of a a poster but not only is it about clicks i think just much like a poster you know it 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 reinforces the reminder that that something's happening and we do get involved in campaigns which will they'll do physical um particularly in london there'll be you know there'll be some physical stuff and then they'll want some online backup and then they'll want to put something in the newsletter and it's just you know if 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 a consumer gets five or six reminders from different places when it comes time to make that decision where you're next going with the, uh, your partner or to go take the family out, then that show is probably higher up in the list than something that um, hasn't advertised at all. Mm. That said, as we may come on to, there's, there are ways of doing things without advertising as well. Mm. So, yeah. I, I, had an, I had an idea for your site, but I didn't want to tell... A, I want to tell you it like this because I thought it'd be fun to talk about. And B... I know how stressed you are. So I didn't want to... Uh, I remember saying to you, oh, I've got some ideas. And you were like, just let me, let me let me bed into this right now. But you know, so you know you do the... Obviously, you know you do the uh, posters awards and stuff. And, you're, and you've got your database of comedians. I thought, wouldn't it be great if you were a database of posters that historically you could like click... The, the designer and it would show you all their like all their previous posters that people had submitted and that way you know if people are looking for a designer even like it's a pro thing you know you could see oh no they've made this for this person or whatever It'd be quite fun to like you know move a- around absolutely so if people don't know the, the comedy post awards are about the best artwork at the fringe mm-hmm. uh, this is they've been running for a number of years and gina lyons is the producer and does a brilliant job um british comedy guy we've come on board to help with the admin and uh, website side of things mm-hmm. And this is our second year, uh, 2019 now, coming up. We're going to be involved. And we do very much want to build a database of, yeah, um, really support the designers and photographers that are involved. Um, we haven't quite got enough data yet to do the ID you have, but um, oh, no, be a build let's, up let's yeah. absolutely do that. Yeah. I, I was lovely to hear that um, uh, one designer involved last year mentioned he got a, a, a job off the back of someone seeing mm. his poster in last year's uh, thing and wanting um, his great work on uh, something this year so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, w- one of my favorite i've got two two favorite design quotes one's from Adil sukhan who said um 
your poster is going to be seen by more people than your show so you should invest in it and it really embedded it like ever since then i've really put a lot more effort into my posters because it's true like you think about how many flyers you give away in a month or or you know how many hits a web thing gets and and i think people just think oh no if i've just got this photo like a selfie of me and i'll just photo like a word art around it and you're like it's a lot of uh, it's a first impression that's that's but you know that's not not you getting on stage not your first impression it's that and um, the other one was my friend beck hill said you, everyone should be putting more effort into their posters because they're kind of all looking the same as you don't and she's correct herself and went actually don't because it's going to make my job harder if i have to put more effort into my posters because i already put quite a lot in but if you all step it up i'll have to <laughs> Love to make more work, which I thought was really great. Although she did a really interesting thing this year where she crowdsourced posters. I don't know if you saw that, where she got her followers to like submit what they think the show is about. So they made a load of posters for I think they made about 30 posters. And then she had her own little award. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hope uh, it's, it's really worth visiting. Um, this is, oh, God, I'm getting quite pluggy today, aren't I? No, no, no. It's, um, the, but the, it's the worth point. visiting comedyposterawards.co.uk. Um, and just browsing through because when you see them all next to that, mm-hmm. like you can you can definitely go... Oh, that one stands yep. out, yep. you know. Um, and there, there are a few already that um, it, it's a it's a thing that the public can vote on. And um, there are a few already. I think people are going, "Wow, that's different. That's really in your face. That's yeah. colourful. That's interesting." Well, the the so first of all, um, you've heard a few episodes of this. It's always pluggy. <laughs> it's the point of it. It's um, not my to, style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know. It, it's hard to. Quanti- I know what you mean because I'm I'm always like wary of so like whenever I have a PR on this I always sort of have to explain to them this isn't a PR job this is about you not your clients so like if your clients are your work then we can talk about that but it's hard to so plug away it's absolutely fine um, so let's talk about British Comedy Guide Pro w- what what is it for someone who hasn't been to it um, I mean you know you've sort of touched upon what it actually does but if I was looking at getting and it, it this is this is your minute pitch then let's do that and then we'll move on from the plug. If I was a comedian, I've got an account, but if I was a comedian who didn't have an account and they were like, what is the point in me having another, you know, subscription to something? Why should they join? I guess uh, why we're, we're sort of struggling to slightly explain it, if I'm quite honest about it, is that it, it, BCG Pro is for everyone that works in comedy, whether you're a writer, performer, producer, um, you know, agent, whatever you might be. That makes it very hard to come up with one pitch to mm-hmm. explain to all. But let's let's just chat about perhaps, I guess, the majority of your listeners are, 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 are um performers in one sense or another i'd say i'd say about 70 percent of performers about 15 percent of industry and then about 10 to 15 percent are just nerds cool so, um, <laughs> so, uh, so you might get some nerds joining by all means yeah. Welcome to. yeah so agents and stuff do do have a look on and there's various sort of tools for you to to help manage what you do for example in edinburgh we've got a thing which you can track your reviews for your acts and um benchmark against others and things but for a performer there's uh we've got three levels we've got starter emerging and gold starter as the name suggests is for people that are just probably um coming onto the open mic circuit and uh, just looking for the sort of basics emerging is um is going to be the biggest section i guess that's for people that uh, might not be their full-time job but they've they've got a year or two under their belts and know what they're doing and then gold is for people primarily that um are doing it um full-time and it, you know, their living is in comedy there's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, we've got exclusive articles, for example, is that we've got a critic writing anonymously, um, which mm. is which I'm, I'm really enjoying. Not everyone's clocked on yet to some of the uh, stuff he or she's saying in there, but um, yeah, it's that's worth a read. Time for a mid-pod break. I hope you're enjoying it. I'm loving learning how the site was put together and became so... It was started, like, for a project at uni. It reminded me of when Jeff Rowe came on from the Leicester Comedy Festival and he told me that he started that festival as a uni project and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. All your small ideas suddenly become commitments as soon as they become big enough that people take notice of them. I find that so fascinating and really inspiring. Right, it's time for the mid-roll ad. In this time, you could go over and become a Patreon from $1 or you could give us a review. Ideally five stars, or four stars is just as great, but as long as it reads like a five star. Becoming a patron means that you get ad-free versions of the podcast and exclusive behind-the-scenes content. Get ready to either review or donate the show now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Did you do it? Did you become a patron? Did you give a one-off donation? Did you leave us a review? Come on, you must have done one of them. You do any of them? You, oh, come on, this is easily worth a pound. Let's let's be real. Or at least at least give it a review. If you got this far into the podcast, you've either died and left it playing on the background, or you know that it's worth something and you should give me some money. If you can't afford it, I totally understand. We're all pretty broke. But if you'd like me to keep making content, I need some money. So if you've got a sec, please go and give it to me now. It's lovely to hear him talk about how this site has evolved through the readers and the comedy community and how both of those have shaped that growth. The fact that it's his first ever interview, let alone podcast, I think this is turning into a really fun and lovely episode. And given that he's never done a podcast or interview before, it's it's just full of advice on getting noticed and coverage and why you should become a BCG pro. We're going to find out more about that in the next bit. Let's dive back in. Yeah, I really like that as an idea. I mean, like, I keep trying to work out who it is, but it's quite a fun idea of... Uh, that's that's one of... Sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but one of the things that I really like about... <laughs> sounds really schmoozy now. Um, no, the, the things that I'm spending a lot of time on are the, the anonymous reviewer writing for you, the... Um, uh, sort of database area where like you can kind of go into it and also the opportunities section where um, you know and I even said to a friend I said to someone the other day who like said oh you know why should I join I said well the more of us that join the more money they can put into getting you know more time to find the opportunities to put in you know what I mean like it's chicken and egg you've already got quite a lot on there but the only way you're going to be able to expand it is if people join yeah absolutely um, <clears throat> yeah uh, please don't find out who that critic is because they'll probably lose their job <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no but I think everyone reading it I mean as someone who is <laughs> my head at least moving up you know in this festival you you feel like you you felt like you were before you arrived and then all of a sudden you're like oh my god i've moved nowhere um but it's it's one of those things where as far as i can work out and as uh, i don't think i've mentioned this to you yet but i was going to make a british comedy guy group like british british comedy guy pro group which would mean that we could you know share articles and be like oh have you seen this one? Oh, did you miss out on that one? Oh, let's talk about this what do we what do we actually think about this because although you have comment sections and you allow us to have those feedback i do think sometimes I shy away. I know on Chortle, for example, people shy away from sometimes using the comment box because they're worried he won't come and review them if if he if they say something negative. Whereas, you know, on Facebook there's been... I don't know if you saw, there was one article in particular that went vi- quote-unquote viral that was um, liar awards or something, like where people had... He'd pick, he found people that had misled people with their awards in the listings and people had shared that all over the place, but no comments were on it underneath, just sort of saying, this is a mean-spirited article, oh, I can't believe he'd spend so long trying to, like, pick apart everyone's... Um, so so that's why I was thinking there's got to be sort of another area that people could, um, you know, talk that, you know, you would still see, but it wouldn't be there forever, if that makes sense. Yeah, we... we, we um <laughs> Guy, I'm gone well pluggy now. This is this is <laughs> me. Uh, we we have forums, um, which are uh, the yeah. pro section is paywalled, so you could probably chat, yeah, fairly comfortably in, yeah. in those uh, about things. <laughs> That's okay. But what do you think about so paywalls? Are, I think a lot of people are used to getting everything for free. And I think that's fine up to a certain point, but uh, you have to eat. <laughs> so, it, yeah. yeah, it's really it's really tough. We 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 have existed for over a decade where we've we've put a paywall on absolutely nothing. And this is the first thing we paywalled. Yeah, initially, you know, it's it's tough telling people that oh no, this content's behind a paywall. And um, hopefully, people will very soon see though that, that the money we've got in, we're very much using for good. I'd say we 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 did our first thing the other month where we we um, funded some spaces uh, on Turtle Canyon's new sitcom. 
um, and people got um, two people got paid work to to work on that show um, as a result and we are, we are working now on making more opportunities for members the, the money is being funneled straight back in mm. to, to new content research and, and as you touched upon earlier you know yeah absolutely the more people that join it's not going to make us rich we're going to pump that money straight back into to doing more to making you know more content more articles um putting in more data um all that kind of thing yeah yeah i mean the one of the things that i wouldn't say bugged me but one of the things that irked me about uh, when i put out a thing that i put out a pod a little while ago plugging you uh, and you didn't ask me to do that that was not uh uh, you know like any any sort of you know thing from you i just i you know i had i got an account and i liked it and the reason i did that interestingly enough if anyone's interested in why i did that plug was because um i don't like the way journalism is going i think i think there's a problem in the industry in specifically comedy in the coverage of it and i think that um there needs to be more support at the at the the sort of because uh, the newspapers are, are going to lose, you know, traction for the print thing as it goes on because that's just a dying medium and people don't ever really... Maybe the Metro will outlast most of them because, you know, it's just trash paper in London or whatever. But I think a lot of other places are going to have to go online and I think they're going to struggle to find a way of doing it. And I think the reason they're going to struggle is because they're not... I think The Guardian have done it well, where they've got, like, a comment section and you can get, like, little badges for like the level of contributor you are and stuff like that and that really helps to make you want to join and stuff but with our industry in particular i just don't think there's enough uh investment in it um and so and so uh, you know to to see you and i don't know if you see it this way but you putting a foot down and going we've done 10 years you know working with sponsors and and working forward we now want to work direct with the the readership is that, is that how you see it? I mean, is it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, t to be honest, we just um, we need money for things. It sounds bad. <laughs> like for, exa for example, you know, this year we're running three different awards. We're doing the Poster Awards, we're doing um, the Malcolm Hardy Awards, and we're doing we're, we're helping uh, coordinate the um, Comedian Choice Awards. Mm. They require trophies to be made. They require. Mm -hmm. There's no sponsors for those. Um, things this year yeah. so that so that's that's <laughs> us that's us funding funding yeah. them you know yeah. it, i think it's a very worrying time for uh sort of journalism in general because costs are going up mm -hmm. drastically you know i'm sure any comedian that's come to edinburgh you, you've done your budget you know how much your flat is you know how much you know the travel is and the food and stuff journalists have those same expenses but we don't have any ticket money coming in so our only funding there is advertising um you know we, we're trying to make it work it's really, really, really tough to um, this as I'm crying. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but you know, it, it's harder for something like if you're if you're if you're someone like the Mirror. I mean, you just how are you going to justify that to your editor? Hi, I'd like a thousand pound plus flat, train travel and food and wage to go out to Edinburgh for a month. They're going to say no. St stay in London sit at your desk and write stories about Towie because yeah, yeah. you know that's review, easy. For review it when it goes to the Soho. You know, I'll be here in a month. Um, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's really tough, and and I mean, it, it's no, you know, coverage is definitely down. Mm. Yeah, I I think in terms of that. See, when when you think about, I mean, it's it's another thing that I think uh, uh, I've particularly been thinking about this year is uh, if you're a famous comedian, right? I'm not going to pick Ramesh again because I feel like I'm picking on. Let's say McIntyre, for example, right? Maybe he doesn't even need press coverage, but let's say McIntyre. He's an easier person for you to come up and cover because that review will get hits. And if they use the review, your site will get hits because it will be mentioned on his poster. So, so you have this perpetuation of, you know, of, of um, you, you coming up and then reviewing the, the big names because they get you in the hits. And then, feet, and then that sort of trickles down. Whereas if you had budget that meant you could go and see what you want to see. You might go and see the famous person because you might be interested in them and their career anyway. But if you had free reign to go and see anything it would allow the trickle-down effect, I personally think, to happen quicker and easier because you don't have the, I need to get a certain number of hits because that's how my site earns money. If that Does that make, is that fair? Yeah, I think, um, luckily, in British Comedy Guys Independent, so we, I mean, my desire, it's never happened yet, is to find the next superstar, be the first person yeah. to see them. You know, wow, yeah. this is, this is um, and by the way, I haven't seen your show yet, Simon, so. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, you've not seen the next superstar. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, 
yeah that so we're, we're lucky but yeah if if you are writing for uh, a, a bigger publication they have their desires mm-hmm. and it will be a bigger name if you're lucky as some of them do they'll they'll get a big name and they'll get thus they'll get the big nice picture for the top of the page mm-hmm. of that comedian and then they'll be able to sneak in in inverted commas sneak in a couple of other reviews for for lesser known people it's tough mm-hmm. yeah it's um it's a real shame because you know um it doesn't take long for um some people to to go from um someone that would would not get that coverage to being someone that's on tv a lot mm. and then that that review suddenly becomes worth traffic and things mm. so awards are there too many oh, oh wow interesting question um <laughs> I, I i don't think so i i, I really want to emphasize though that you don't need awards to be a great comedian uh and there are some people that do an amazing job and they just for whatever reason don't quite fit what a judge might be looking for that's not to say they're not the the brilliant comedian who does a fantastic job so you know there's several people out there that have been working for decades and haven't got an award but are right up there you know at at the best of the best so Mm. you you absolutely don't need awards but at the same time i think um it's nice awards do exist because it helps give people a leg up Mm. sometimes you know not everyone needs one but sometimes um yeah it, there's a lot of open, there's a lot of new act um, competitions, but uh, if you win or or become a finalist, any of them, why wouldn't you put that on your poster or mm. in your blurb? It's it's a nice thing to prove to bookers and to audiences that you know you you've, you've reached this level. So you're now taking over the Malcolm Hardy Awards. Uh, take it, uh, yeah, we, well, yeah, we're we're, we're <laughs> facilitating. We're facilitating them. We're not, yeah. Um, we're, they're going to say the same as they were. Just they need a bit more admin help. And um, uh, John Fleming, who's done it for many years, has has done an amazing job. But um, yeah, we're coming in to help out with the admin. We're, we're good organisers, so yeah. we, we we can do the spreadsheets and stuff. What made uh, did they approach you? Like what what made that happen? No, absolutely. Um, the we uh, they weren't here last year, mm. and they were, uh, in my view, totally and utterly missed because if you look at awards there's one area that definitely is missing which is you know if if you're gonna prance around in a chicken outfit for an hour with um fish entrails on you or you're gonna do a show so you have seen my show (laughs) (laughs) or you're gonna do a show you know in 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 a in a black box where you never show your face that's very unlikely to to come up in any award other award ceremony but the malcolm hardy awards originality award will absolutely be for that kind of stuff and meanwhile there's you know there's the cunning stunt award um which celebrates um you know uh, people people not on stage stuff what you what you do around other things um and and there's it's lovely there are the i'm going to call them the slicker awards but but we 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 shouldn't forget that comedy is meant to be funny and it's meant to be different it's meant to be interesting and i think the malcolm hardy awards celebrate uh some of the fun and weird bits of the fringe yeah yeah i mean i always have this debate with everyone every year where people say oh they're gonna get nominated or or or, my thing's too weird or i don't know or i'm not what they're looking for as if you know because every award has an agenda that's what their criteria is and they and, and also their agenda will change with who they book as their judges so you know just because you're not what let's say the newcomer award is looking for this year because they're after um yeah like whether it's whether it's a quota based thing or it's uh or or even if it's like a a limitation thing because like i was talking to the dave comedy award thing and i don't think it's a secret but they i think they said they see 600 shows and like you said i think there's 1500 in total so it could you could be something they want but they just haven't seen it so is this the edinburgh comedy Awards? yeah the dave so um um for like the joke for the for the for their jokes award. Oh right, so uh, I'm, their, I'm also one-liners. I'm also involved in that, and okay. the um, yeah, the the aim is to see as many shows as possible mm-hmm. and um, and get jokes down. If I don't know if I should talk about this, but hopefully, um, hi Dave, if you're listening, sorry if I'm talking about it, but you know the the they're after one. I already said that like it's a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Dave exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they um, yeah, they're after one-liners. Yeah. Um, so that you, you you tend to check out the one-liner comedians and people that ha- you know are going to have a lot of one-liners in them first, and you try and see as many other people as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's not going to be quite possible to cover everyone. Of course. Um, that said, 
again sorry dave if this isn't meant to be what we say but like you you can give people a nudge if you've got one-liners in your show and say come see my show i've got some yeah. good one-liners um um i'm uh, com- contact at comedy at code uk by all means um email me well, no, that, uh, that's what I did recently um, so you know sp- spoiler behind the scenes of this you know for anyone doing their own PR or whatever I tweeted two one-liners from my show and what I, I considered viral they went viral you know it had like a thousand plus likes and 500 retweets or whatever you know uh, for me that's, that's a, I think for a lot of people that's a lot of things and so my friend was like just what, send them in like I mean do they, you know they might not come see you otherwise and uh, and that was when I got the reply saying you know we, we, tr- we go and see a min- at least 600 shows and I was thinking, oh, okay, well, they're never going to come see it sort of thing. And it comes down to budget again. You know, this festival has expanded so much to the point where coverage of everything is impossible. Um, and if it is possible, you have a sponsor or you have a budget or you have something that enables you to have the, the power to go and see this many shows. And I think, you know, like I was talking to a PR the other day and we're, we're getting on to your relationship with PRs. But I was talking to a PR the other day who said, you know, uh, I want to get in as many people as possible. But if, but if, say, for example, I get one agent in and like a couple of reviewers in every week or whatever, that's great. Whereas 15 years ago, you would be expected to get every paper in because there were only seven shows or something ridiculous. Um, and so you, if they weren't coming in, you weren't doing your job or, or you weren't listed anywhere properly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not sure I can do a lot of agreeing. Oh, with sorry. You. I thought you were going to say something. No, you, no. You, I like, totally agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So, so PRs and your relationship with PRs. In fact, let, let me ask you this question to move into that area. Um, it should be obvious from the site, um, but what do you cover and what don't you cover? In particular, I know you don't cover reviews, for example, or you don't do reviews, but you said you used to. So we, um, yeah. So in terms of the Edinburgh Edinburgh Fringe site, um, we we try and do features, um, that that being interviews, and also. Um, sort of uh, trying to give the news of what's going on in the festival and, and picking up um, there's already been a fire alarm at the Pleasance has happened already with day one of the fringe uh, you know and, and just that kind of stuff collect that all together um, but also we, we do listings but when within the listings AUSP is we link to everyone's reviews from elsewhere so we we did review in 2010 and I think we realised our time would be better spent um, using that time, sorry, will be better spent collecting up the reviews from others um, who, who uh, you know, there's some there's some very knowledgeable people out there and collating it and letting people decide. But the other reason we did that was there are some shows out there that have got uh, one-star reviews and if you read that, you'd think that's not for me. But actually, if you take the context of all their reviews, mm. they may have one one-star review and six or seven four-star reviews mm you need to see that in context that 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 one star review that reviewer clearly wasn't for them mm. but more generally that show is you know objectively good because more people like it um more reviewers like it so we did it to try and help make it clear that you know a single you know nobody should read a single review i think to make a decision on something because that's one person's opinion get multiple opinions and that was always hard to do but by us collecting it together, I think you know, people can get a snapshot of um, whether a show's for them or not. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think the issue, I think it's a combination of laziness, attention span, and too many shows. I don't think people actually take. You know, I asked last night at a show, it was a fairly well attended compilation show. How many of you are reading the reviews on EdinburghFringe.com? Like, you know, the little thing underneath, and all of them were like, "Why would we read that?" Like, it just, you know, they're they're slight, they're slightly fakeable if you wanted to, and you know, why would I care what Joe Bloggs has written under that thing? You know, they, they haven't even, they haven't even got their own blog. Why would I read that sort of thing? Um, so, so I think taking into account where what you're reading the review and who you rep, who you who you respect reviewer wise is actually really important now because so many reviewers have their own specific tastes as well which is impossible to remove yeah i think um you know it, it the, the, as whilst i said we, we collect them all up you know uh, some uh, people listening might have clocked on you know essentially we've listed the stars out there and you have to click through to read the pieces and not everyone has that time and that's a shame because actually the review might start this wasn't for me but if you are into you know mime circus this would be a great show um yeah and, and the other thing and in fact um uh, the the secret reviewer on bcg pro uh, writes about this um uh, that 
sometimes p- reviewers are just having a bad day they've, they've seen <laughs> eight or nine shows they're absolutely exhausted and they're not in the right frame of mind for a show mm. and whether or not they say it does it, it will affect your opinion oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and so yeah you know um, that needs to be taken into account as well, but but that never shows up in a review. No, that you know they they don't they don't they, they never they say oh, I was having a bad day. They, or, they won't say yeah. Or I, I got a I, text before that my dog died. Or you yeah, know whatever. Yeah, yeah they, they they won't they won't mention that. So yeah. Um, no, I I often I don't do it in every show, but I often start my Edinburgh show by going right. If you raise your hand, if you've seen one show today, right low. If you've seen only two, three, just to work it out. And I remember one person had seen nine shows before they saw me last year, and I was like, "You're not going to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Like there's n- it's in it's inhuman." to laugh for nine, ten now hours in a day. And if you can, frankly, go see someone about it because there's no way that that is a normal person's... You know, how, what's, what are you running from? Like, yeah. <laughs> you need to do ten hours of comedy. Yeah, because it, 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 ten hours of... I mean, imagine sitting watching ten hours of sitcoms or ten hours of, you know, specials on Netflix. You're not going to be laughing by the end of it. Yeah, as someone that has sat uh, through eight or nine shows in a day, it, it's tough. And, and not only are you doing that, Oh, these rooms are hot. <laughs> these rooms are hot. Well, Apart ex- from sweet. Except for Simon's venue. <laughs> yeah. Except for my venue. Uh, Come to mine. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's a tough one. Yeah. Okay, so back to the original question. What does your site cover and what doesn't it cover? Uh, so, in theory, we cover every single comedy performance listing-wise, whether that be in whichever section it's in, including, um, you know, we'll happily cover a theatre show if it's uh, got comic elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we, don't, we don't do reviews. We leave that to others and but we will link to those reviews and in theory we link to everything and if if anyone finds a review we haven't got um we'd love to know about it mm. um cool I, I get i'm sensing that's not quite answered your question well no because i'm uh, okay so if i'm a performer <laughs> i am <laughs> if if i'm a performer listening to this and i f- would like to get more co- oh i don't necessarily want to get an ad right now but i want to have some sort of coverage under yeah, should they be sending in their press release? What's what? What things do you you know? Say, say for example, they've made like a short film, or say they've made you know they've got an Edinburgh show. Like, what what is your coverage like? Cool. So yeah, in terms of the more general site, if you've made a short film, please do send it to us. Just email us. We'll almost certainly, if it's a good enough quality, put it up. In terms of Edinburgh, um, I think we're on um, about six hundred ish uh, press releases so far. That's a lot. Mm. We've got a control panel that we ask people to go through, which helps us manage that process of um, working out um, who's doing what. You know, we, we're not going to be able to see 600 people. Uh, we're not going to like write about 600 people. So in that sense, it's about, um, I guess, um, uh, you know, m- somehow, and this, I guess, is going to lead sort of into the, the PR sort of angle, not necessarily PR people, but the, how you PR yourself. You know. What what makes your show better or different or more interesting than the other a thousand plus here? And you'd be surprised how many emails do not say anything about that. Hi, uh, copy and paste reviewer name. Sometimes they don't even that. You just they CC everyone in the same email. Um, I'm performing a comedy show. Here's the details. Cool. You're you're one of a thousand plus people <laughs> that are doing that. Please, you know, just keep your email short mm. keep and, and funny no one does funny mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is this is a comedy festival make if you make if you make the reader laugh in the f- in the opening sentence that's a good sign mm. everyone's very serious in their emails don't worry about it we're, you know we're in comedy it should it, it should be funny <laughs> completely i i find pr press release i mean if a pr's written in press release it's probably not going to be funny but if you're a performer i mean chucking a line you know, you must have a one-liner that you've just got kicking about that you can crowbar in somewhere. And I mean, the, like you said, how, how many? You said you got six hundred this year. Uh, off the top of my head, if not more, yeah. Yeah. So if imagine this, imagine you're sitting there reading. Si- imagine you have to read six hundred press releases. Make it funny. Yeah, and 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 this is why I'm looking at because I have read a bits of all those six hundred. I've looked at every email. Mm. Some emails, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll reply to everyone, but at the same time, yeah, if you if you've made me laugh, I'm going to spend a bit more time replying to you and mm. and being interested to come to your show than if you're just you've used the standard form template but also i mean the other thing and 
correct me if I'm wrong, because it's just how I see it as, as at the other end. So this is quite fun because you're like, a, it's like I'm emailing you in real life and we're just, you know, being able to talk about it. Um, my take on it is, is that there's only a certain number of type of shows out there. Like, you know, the, the hero with a 10,000 10, faces type idea, you know, there's only a certain number of stories and stuff. Even if your idea isn't unique in the sense that someone's, you know, covered your, you know, origin story or your, whatever it would be before, still brag about it. Because you might have seen, you know, 50 stories about uh, dead dads. You know, there's that whole thing about dead dads a few years ago. You might have seen those shows, but you might be like, actually, I'm in the mood to see a dead dad show. You've bragged about it. I know now to go and see that one. And it just narrows it down for you. It doesn't matter that it's been done before. It's still a unique selling point. Absolutely. And there's, there's, that, there's absolutely nothing wrong with not having a theme. You could just have an mm. hour of gags. That's totally fine. Mm. Just in that email, be different than everyone else in your email. Just put a funny line at the top of it or... or you know, somebody uh, emailed us a video of their daughter plugging their show. A 30-second video going, come to my daddy's show. That's different. You're going to pay more attention to that than just another standard blah, 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 blah. No, get a daughter for next year. I get it. That's going to say. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm on PR plan. It's great. Um, okay, so your relationship with PRs, what is it? Um, how, how do you work with them? Do you work with them? What's, what's that about? Yeah, we, we absolutely... We absolutely use PRs, but equally, you don't need a PR. You absolutely mm-hmm. do not need a PR, but it's for some people. So here's the key thing, I think. If you're an organized type of person that's quite good at writing, i.e., you know, you can, you've got good spelling and grammar, etc., you probably don't need a PR because you can email publications direct. Um, we're very, very happy to receive emails off of anybody as i know a lot of other publications and in fact sometimes you know as we just alluded to a minute ago it gives you that chance to be a bit more unique with it you mm. you can put your personal take in that email mm-hmm. and the reader will, will get that coming across prs exist though because a lot of comedians um well they, they exist at two levels they, they exist um at one level they exist for the people that are disorganized or don't think they're necessarily great at spelling grammar or, or selling themselves and in which case, a PR person can be very helpful there. They cost money, though. So mm. if you're the former group, you don't need one. Yeah, if you, d- if you don't think you, you, you can hack emailing everybody two or three times with reminders and collating what you're doing into a nice thing, you know, PRs do have their place. And then at the high level, when you get to your Ramesh Ranganathan stage, they, are, they do act as a, a bit of a barrier between the act you know if Romish was dealing with his own PR he would get emails all times of, of the day and yeah. phone calls and things mm. so at that, at that sort of um, yeah. level of fame they can and also at that level of fame sometimes you have to have a conversation about something because they want something changed or whatever mm-hmm. it's, it's easier for the PR person to to say that than the act themselves well okay so my, my follow up question to that is so, for example, Chortle will, uh, if you pay them money, they'll come review for guaranteed. So, obviously, you don't need to, like, have PRs for stuff like that. And I and I often think, you know, I mean, that gets a lot of criticism because people think, oh, well, you're just paying for a review. But I'm like, you can either guarantee it by paying whatever, 250 quid, or you can hire a PR and they can't promise that he'll come. You know, to, to me, that doesn't make any sense. And the same, same sort of thing where you, where you think, um, you know, PRs are great for, for the top end of people who would have millions of requests. But then, at a sort of lower down level, if 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 you have just just a just a Google Drive and you can keep track of things, it's. Uh, I mean, I personally do all of mine, and and you know, I, I'm not organised. I think people think I am because of this, but I'm really not. And and I was going to ask, is there anything that you wouldn't cover? So, for example, if there was a show that got the title maybe made you think it had a questionable uh, theme or something that you would make the website not look right to a new person landing on it like has there ever been and you don't have to like name it or anything like that but is there ever like a show that has a weird title or theme that you think actually i need to see this before we could take there was a misogynist show a few years ago that you know personally i wouldn't agree with we and in that sense we wouldn't we would obviously wouldn't want to write about it in any direct sense but at the same time for comprehensive coverage we would link to the people criticizing that show or defending it if there's anyone doing that uh, and then let the audience make their own mind up on what was going on yeah so i, I you know um i think often let the audience make their mind up but obviously we'd, we'd never want to uh, endorse or, or or promote something in a way that like if we didn't agree with it but i think it's very rare you know um 
comedy is quite liberal and um, it's rare you get an absolute, uh, you know, horrible person saying horrible things. Mm. No, totally. To- I think it's just worth, I think there's a misconception amongst performers that they would say something like, you know, oh, my thing wouldn't be right for it or my thing wouldn't be something they'd cover or my thing's too weird, whatever, whatever their excuses in their head. And so I think... Aside from, let's say, misogyny, racism, or sexism, you, you're pretty much open to getting a press release. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah, and, 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 if, and if a comedian out there is saying, oh, um, you know, you're, you're not getting any coverage, it's worth looking at how you're approaching the press, and maybe you need to do that in a, in a, in a, a different way, or try and be smarter, or, you know, um, the, the Malcolm Hardy water back, do, do, do a cunning stunt. That's a way of getting people to notice what's going on. Yeah. That um, it's it's don't get me wrong, it's tough. <laughs> it's, you've got your show to do, you've got your flyering to do, but if you can find a bit of space to try and do um, something else on top, that's mm. what gets you noticed. Did I? I don't think I've ever told you this. Did I tell you the one time I tried to do a Malcolm Hardy stunt? I uh, I invited John Fleming onto this, but I never hit record. So we just <laughs> we just sat for an hour and a half talking about my show, and then afterwards I just said to him, "That's that's it. By the way, the wind's not going out. It's never going, and <laughs> it's never gone out." <laughs> I love that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you it, didn't win. Though. I take no, it. I didn't win. I didn't even get nominated. He didn't like that. I just invited him around to my flat for a cup of tea, and we talked about my show for an hour. I didn't even ask him anything about the awards. I just spoke about my show for an hour. <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, and that's what comedy should be about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. no didn't get nominated. <laughs> <laughs> so top that, someone. Um, they will. Um, okay, these are the last quick fire questions. Uh, quick fire for me. You take as long as you want. Although we are going to get kicked out in a minute. Um, right. First of all. Uh, who was the first person to believe in you in comedy? Oh, that's a wishy-washy question. What does that mean? Believe well, in me? Who, who, I mean, maybe who was the first... I mean, it sounds like Channel 4 were the first ones to get hold of you in press terms. To get I, hold of you. Like, who, who were the first ones to make you think, oh, I could, I could be in this industry? Who, who were those? I'm really sorry. I don't think I've got a great answer for that. I don't, I don't, think, it's, I don't think it's necessarily happened yet. Oh, uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I believe um, in you. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there's, no, there's no one... There's, I don't think there's any one moment. It's, I think like a lot of things, like much like if you're a performer, there's not often that obvious milestone. Mm-hmm. Things just slide from one thing to the other, and before you know it, you're doing more. Mm-hmm. You're doing things higher profile, and it's just just happened uh, without realizing quite when those moments were. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what is one unpopular opinion you have about the industry? I'm, I'm a, I like being liked, so um, I'm trying to think of something unpopular. I think these are good questions, but. I, I've heard a lot of your podcasts and I always think, oh, the, the people should be more prepared for the end questions. And then here I am going, <laughs> uh... <laughs> Problem is if I send them that, they always sit there going, oh, I don't want to don't say anything or whatever. So that's why I never send any questions out yeah. to anyone ahead of time. I, I, don't, I honestly don't think I have any unpopular opinions. If, if anyone is listening to this that knows me and thinks I have, please... Um, please email and then we'll get that added to the show notes perhaps because I, yeah. I, I don't want to become a kind of egotistical that I don't have any but I, I'm not aware of any okay um, what is the biggest mistake you've ever made and how did you overcome it um, mistakes an interesting one because definitely made some big mistakes but they're not mistakes in a random way because you learn so much from them oh cheesy answer isn't it but it, no no it, no I think that's fair it's you know there's some it's been some howlers uh, I once emailed a test email to 20,000 plus people it was just meant for in- internal use <laughs> that one that one still keeps me awake at night still um, saved. but you know still <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know you, you learn from that to be I learned a lot from that like be very very careful what buttons you press and so ever since been you know very careful so it, you learn from everything and I think if you if you don't make mistakes you you're not necessarily pushing yourself or whatever mm. And some things, and they're not necessarily mistakes. Some things really haven't worked. We've put a lot of a lot of time and effort into some things that have just not taken off. But you need to do those ten things, and then of them, two will be the ones that really it turns out fly, and you've got your two successes. Just just annoying in advance. You don't know which two they're going to be. Mm. Oh, to- uh, what's the oh, uh, Henry Ford said? Fifty percent of my advertising works, and fifty percent of it fails. The problem is I don't know which is which. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's totally the problem. Um, okay, what? Who is the most underrated person in the industry? There's, there's lots of under underrated people. And from our own team, it's it's uh, Ian Wolfe who does so much of our data entry and managing um, data. Um, but uh, from the wider perspective, you know, there's there's people, 
there's venue managers there's techs there's people that just don't get any credit but without them this thing would all fall apart what do you think is the biggest problem in the comedy industry and how would you go about solving it i would say it's fun it was funding you know the the model is all the money's at the top of the pyramid Mm. and the bottom layers have none and that in itself has many many connotations from you know uh, making it difficult for working class people to even start out through to even when you've got a level of success you know if you, it's really tough you've got to, you got that day job you've got to somehow keep that mm. going because you're not getting even though you deserve it you're not getting enough money yet to mm. to go full time you know the, the that very top of that pyramid is continuing to get richer and richer and richer and mm. They just need to trickle a little bit down would be very helpful for the rest of us um, in all in you know from venues through to you know publications through to performers what do you think what's one thing you wish you were better at uh listening to myself so uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh you know when i transcribe interviews i hate hearing my voice and apologies listeners for this voice um generally uh not not uh, being calmer i think it's really you know there's a lot to do and sometimes you just need to be a bit zen about it all and and that will weirdly probably help me more to make sure I do things in a calm and collective manner. Yeah, so probably that. What's one thing you think you're great at? Nothing, because I'm modest. <laughs> modest. Uh, <yeah. laughs> I think, you know, um, not just myself, the whole British Comedy Guide team, we are incredibly passionate about comedy. And that hopefully comes through and what we do. And we work really, really, really hard. What is uh, what the best bit of advice you've ever been given? Um, I think work hard. It goes to show everyone that's everyone that's had any level of success in comedy has worked really, really hard. Even the people that look like they're being lazy mm. are not. They're working all the time. And last question: What's one bit of advice you wish you could tell your past self about running the British Comedy Guides website? Um, Just so you don't go to bed sleep. earlier. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, I think it's um, it is. There's, there's been moments where it's like, is this going to work out? But just keep keep going, keep doing good stuff, and and hopefully that leads to people visiting, and in turn leads to you have to do more. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. It's been a genuine pleasure. That was Mark. I loved hearing him talk so passionately about comedy and being a comedy nerd. As a fellow comedy nerd, I love meeting another one of me. How his site has progressed and evolved and the sadness of the changing landscape of comedy coverage it, it's so true we all need money and journalism needs money more than ever everyone's used to getting everything for free and frankly that is fine and if anything i really like that model but if you value something you really should pay for it or you should really give them something back if you want to become a bcg pro member and i highly recommend you do as a account holder myself if you use the code ati you can save five pound off your first year's membership you save some money i get a couple of quid journalism gets some money and everybody everybody wins in the entire community because we still have newspapers and people able to cover our industry please do consider becoming a member if you've got any more money and you want to become a patron there's some links in the show notes for that to get ad free versions of this podcast also if you'd like to just give me a one-off donation there's a link in the show notes for paypal if you like this episode you might also like the episode with bruce dessau from beyond the joke love that episode he was so excited to talk to he also reviews for the london evening standard so it was great to hear how those two publications work in tandem or you could listen to the episode with ben williams from time out london when it did comedy it no longer does but but that podcast is full of exciting tips and hints and tricks on how to get noticed by journalists and to get yourself more coverage for your shows the rc industry podcast is a fruit that got in gravity's way production for the internet all elements were created by me comedian simon kane thank you very much for listening thank you very much for subscribing and thank you very much for rating and donating if you do i'll see you all in about 14 days time bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.